Welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott. I'm your host. I'm an intuitive human design reader, a certified professional coach, and an instigator of joy. And I am so excited to bring you today's episode in the Human Designs Conversations series here on the Find Your Awesome Podcast. This is the fifth episode in this series. We started the series off with a manifesting generator, Lisa Wade Berry, then spoke to Shirley Harvey, who's a manifester, then Meg Haynes, who's a projector, then Angela Johnson, who's another projector. All of these people have already been on the Find Your Awesome podcast in earlier episodes, as has today's guest, Brooke Cover, a reflector. Brooke, however, when she was last on the podcast was before she was married, and her name was Brooke Miller. So in perfect reflector style... She's the first person to be on the Find Your Awesome podcast with two different names. So reflectors are really, truly not supposed to ever try and label themselves or put themselves in boxes. So here you go, showing up as a different person both times she's on the podcast. Brooke embodies being a reflector, and I love, I love her wisdom. And well, she that that wisdom isn't. It isn't from her brain. It isn't from her heart necessarily. It is truly embodied in her in in her being. She is a beautiful soul. And before we get into this conversation, there's one more thing I want to say about reflectors. People tend to talk about reflectors. Reflectors have all open centers. So people will say that reflectors don't have much energy. Here's the thing about reflectors. They reflect the environment they're in. And they really, truly, I call them disco balls of awesomeness. They fully embody the wisdom of those around them and reflect it back. Which means that reflectors can be very, very different from each other. And reflectors can have tons of energy. I know one reflector who is an Olympian. I know another reflector who's a U.S. senator and a kick-ass athlete. There are so many different possibilities for reflectors who don't try and rein themselves in and put themselves in a box or put a label on themselves. And for the rest of us to learn from those reflectors, then none of us actually need to put ourselves in a box or put a label on ourselves. So without further chatter from me, here we go. Here is my episode with Reflector. Brooke Cover. Thank you. I'm so excited to to do this with you, but also thank you for being the the human through which the universe worked to introduce me to human design. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that, but it's true. <laughs> you may have even done it on this podcast. I can't remember if we were recording when you first mm. heard human design. Yeah, I don't remember. I was it honestly feels like a lifetime ago. <laughs> it does for me too. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, not not that I have the best memory anyways, but and neither do I. So, <laughs> that's the end of that conversation. But how did you first get introduced to human design? Um 2 years ago, well, not even 2 years ago. Almost. Will be 2 years in March. I went to uh, a retreat with a coach that I was considering working with. Her name is Darla Ledoux. I love her. Check her out if you're interested in source or source work or retreat work. But she 
we had a dinner actually one of the nights and we were just sitting at dinner and I happened to be sitting at her table, um, super intimidated by her on some level, but she has asked me what my human design was. And I had no idea. I had never heard of human design before. Um, no one had ever talked about it with me. So I was like, I don't have no idea. And she was like, well, do you know your birth time? And I do because I'm just a weird soul who knew that my birth time, uh, funny story, I actually have known it for a long time for whatever reason. When I got uh, my first American Girl doll, I set her watch to my birth time. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, actually, I know it. And she pulled up my human design and she started just reading the little synopsis or a description that they provide on the website and I was just stunned into like how do you know me <laughs> we just met you're reading this to me but how do you know me on such a deep level like how is this resonating like nothing ever has before um even astrology did not resonate like this so yeah, that's how I was introduced to it. And from there, I was hooked on the retreat. I asked her like what books she would recommend. I literally got on Amazon and ordered a book right away. Uh, when I got home, I started reading through the book. And then I was like, this is a very basic book. I want something more complicated. <laughs> uh, so I went directly to the the big like red book. I know Kelsey has showed you before that. Ra, who is the creator of human design, helped to write, and it's like science. <laughs> and yeah, I just kind of dove in. I just wanted to learn more, and it's a, still a learning process. Like, there's so much that I know logically, and to actually live it is a little bit harder, as usual. <laughs> easy to know things not as easy to do them or put them into action <laughs> yeah so first of all I'm also one of those weirdos who's known my birth time forever I don't remember ever not knowing it yeah so yeah <laughs> um no but, idea why <laughs> I guess it just stuck with me someone <laughs> told me once and boom yeah. that got locked in mm -hmm. um all right so yeah learning understanding your human design and then living it especially as a reflector you're kind of what did it the first time you heard the description of a reflector you said that it sounded very much like she knew you but yeah. what did it feel like it felt like validation like oh like there's a reason why I'm experiencing these certain things, or I feel this way sometimes. Um, it, it's a lot of, it was kind of in a way a validation of being an empath, like being able to really tap into other people's feelings and, you know, your white centers, which are all of mine, are the amplifiers of other energy, which makes so much sense to me because a lot of feelings that I've had in the past or things that I've experienced, I always kind of felt like an outsider, but I could feel them and I could, I could understand them, but they didn't ever feel like mine. 
And I always had this sense of in order to help someone, I had to actually feel what they were feeling. So I would really like attach myself to whatever it was that they were experiencing. Um, even though it didn't feel right for me, it didn't feel like, well, this is my truth. It just was a way I felt I could help them. And that just made sense to me. Um, and then also with my profile, which is different than being a reflector, but the hermit side of my profile, I do love alone time and I crave alone time. And I mean, even as a reflector, you need it to sort out what's yours and what's not yours. So that made complete sense to me. Like I'm not a loner because I don't like people or I don't want to be around people. I just, I need that space. So just little things like that. I don't even remember the exact description, but it was just like, yep, yep, yep. Oh my God, look, there's another one. Yes, yes. <laughs> How do you tell what's yours and what's other people's? Mm. I'm still working on that 100%. <laughs> but for me, it's taking time. So that was another thing I've been, I'm such an indecisive person. <laughs> so indecisive and it takes me a long time to make decisions so with the reflector having this 28 day decision making cycle that was like oh it's totally okay for me to take a long time um and looking back on some decisions if i did take the time to really think about them and feel into them i they were always better decisions than ones that i made on the spot um, I forget what your question was now, but how, oh, how do I determine what's mine? So yeah. that's a big one is just allowing, especially the last couple of years, allowing the emotions to run through me, um, allowing all of the thoughts to come up, sorting through them and noticing if the same thing comes up. So like if I have an inkling to, um, Okay, for example, right now I'm trying to decide if I want to do my 300 hour yoga training. And the first time I have this thought, I, I don't act on it. So I remember it. I just take note of it. And then I just start noticing how many times it's popping up for me, where I am. Like, am I alone? Am I, you know, journaling? Am I out in public? And am I at a yoga studio? And now I'm thinking about this. And if it's popping up a lot when I'm alone, then I start to wonder, like, I think this might be actually mine. If it's popping up a lot when I'm around other people, I question whether it's mine or if it's the environment that I'm in that's kind of feeling, putting pressure on me to do a certain thing or to take a certain action. So taking note and sometimes like I'll have a thought and then it never reoccurs. <laughs> so I'm like, that probably wasn't for me. I'm just going to let it go and really paying attention to how I'm feeling in the moments that I'm having the thoughts too. Like, did the thought come because I feel, um, did the thought to take this extra training come because I'm in class and I felt like I didn't teach a class well and I need more training or is this just a super interesting thing that's pulling me? So it's funny because one of the questions on the application is like, why is now the time to take your 300 training, 300 hour training? 
and I haven't actually applied yet, but because I'm still deciding. Um, but when I first saw the question, I was like, I don't know. I don't know why. I just feel pulled. There's a pool. And sometimes that's when I make decisions too, is I don't have to have a reason. Um, I just know it's mine because it feels like a pool and it feels exciting. So I don't know. Did I, I, feel, I don't know if that answered your question. <laughs> I don't care if it answered the question. That was, I don't know if it did. Um, but that was just so much brilliance. And I feel like you changed not just a bunch of reflectors lives just now, but so many people, we like to ask things like, why is now a good time? And I feel like the truth for no matter what your energy type is, is if you can't describe why now is a good time, then it's, it's the perfect time. Yeah. That's yeah. the like quote unquote right answer to that question. I don't know. Really, it's completely illogical. I'm just yeah. pulled this way. Absolutely. Yeah. And the thing that I've learned most or noticed in myself most is that for a very, very long time, I have wanted, I mean, I still kind of want to do it all. I love to try new things and and put myself in new situations, but um I tried to do a lot at one time and I always tried to be the best. And in school, like I, I was an A student. I, you know, got a 4.2 GPA and I did, I graduated college a year early without even trying, like things like that happened for me. Um, even out of, you know, out of college, I was working multiple jobs and I felt exhausted and I felt kind of worn out a lot. And I recognize now that that was most likely me as a reflector amplifying the energy around me since a large majority of people are generators and manifesting generators. Like it's super easy for me to tap into that energy. And now that I'm aware of it, I notice it even more. Like I have a friend who's a generator and when I'm around her, I'm like, oh my gosh, let's do all of these things. Like, um, you know, let's well, she was my business partner for a short time. And we're like, well, let's have this event and let's do this thing and let's do that thing. And then when I got home, I was like, oh, do I actually want to do that? Because it was just being in that energy that like amplified me. So a big lesson and th- something I'm feeling into is this whole big idea of slowing down. Like I don't have to, I don't have to be a generator to still be successful. And I don't have to have all of this energy all the time in order to get things done. So what does that flow look like for me versus other people? Mm, I love that so much. And, and you still get to use a generator's energy if you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. How cool is that to be able to just piggyback, be like, I need, it's like, I need to plug in. Mm -hmm. Who can I plug into? Yeah, it's, it feels good. And I have to be careful who I plug into. Yeah. Of their energy. Talk more about that, please. Um, it's easy for me to plug into anyone for the most part. And there have been times in the past where I have plugged into a point where it was actually harming me. Like their energy was not what I needed to plug into. 
it wasn't very high vibe or high frequency, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so the, in the end, I was amplifying something that brought me further down. So connecting with the right people, you know, you know, people like you, like manifesting generous. I, I mean, my friend is amazing. She's very high vibe as well. And being able to plug into those kinds of people, I'm now amplifying. I don't want to say the correct energy because there is no correct, there's no wrong energy, but an energy that is more uh, forward moving then it is going to drag me back a couple steps. Mm. Yeah. And this just made me wonder, what's your emptying out practice? I always, first of all, I sleep alone quite a bit. (laughs) I'm married, but uh, I'm always the first one to bed. My husband stays up pretty late. So I always have at least a couple hours where I'm in bed by myself. which I think is really good for me. Um, I like to meditate at night. So I usually go to bed. I do either like a sleep meditation or I actually do a legit meditation where I wake up at the end, um, which always involves some sort of breathing, of course. Uh, Occasionally I journal. I wouldn't say like I'm an avid journal journaler, but I have a journal next to my bed. If I feel like I really need to get something out or process something, then I always, I go to that. Um, I sometimes will pull a card at night too, like an Oracle card, just kind of, or tarot to bring me back and readjust me and, and allow me to connect to myself and like my guides and all of that. Um, and then I always read before bed. So just get my mind out of, of the reality. For me, it's a fiction book usually. And that kind of brings me down and prepares me for sleep. Hmm. And then two nights a week, I actually sleep alone all night. It's <laughs> so, so important, especially it, as a reflector. Yeah. And these questions always intimidate me a little. Like, what is your entry now practice? Because I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to do the same thing every single day. but I don't. I do not do the same thing consistently at all. Like some days it's going to be like breath work. Some days I'm going to do yoga practice. Um, Some days I'm going to journal. Like it just is always changing and ever changing. And I just have to tap, really listen to like what I'm feeling called to do. Hmm. Yeah. And you feel like as a reflector, that's really what you're supposed to do with everything always. Because everything is constantly changing. Every, like you are the embodiment of every moment is a brand new moment. Yeah, it is. It's, it's been a journey to accept that about myself. That, because our world thrives on consistency. It, it really does. Like people love their routines and their schedules. And, um, they love to see consistent people for the most part, even in, in business and whatnot. It's like, you know, you need to show up online consistently. You need to have a message that you're consistently talking about. You need to show that you are consistently doing what you teach, blah, blah, blah. And I, I really have struggled with that because I literally feel like a different person every single day. (laughs) And 
I've even told my husband, like, I feel I'm so sorry for you because you're trying to get to know me and I don't always know myself. And that's interesting to me and also intimidating. I actually, at one point, I don't think I told you this, Kelsey. There was a point probably, I would say like two to four months ago, I'm not sure exactly, that I asked my mom what my birth time was because I had a thought. I was like, this is hard. Like, this is this is really hard to work with this ever-changing environment this inconsistency this waiting to make decisions like maybe I just got my birth time wrong maybe I don't remember it right and maybe I'm actually something else and there was a part of me that was like I'm I'm not this special I'm not one percent of the population like I'm I'm something else and so I asked her and I think it was when we were getting our passports actually because I needed my birth certificate and I looked and it was 621 and I was like, okay, I am like, this is true. This is, I am a reflector and it's okay to not know, to not be able to answer the question, who are you? And that's what you're here to teach all of us. You're mm-hmm. here to say like, screw the boxes and labels, which mm-hmm is one of the aspects of you guys that makes me absolutely fall head and over heels in love with you because as an MG, I am completely opposed to labels and boxes. Right. And so I'm like, oh, give me all the reflectors. They're different every day too. It's kind of like- These are my people. Yeah, you're an MG, but slower. You You just like process differently. Yeah, which I think that's the biggest obstacle. I don't know about other reflectors, but for me is- people want decisions now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not, Hey, here's an idea. Get back to me in a month. It's, Hey, do you want to pick up this yoga class? I need to know by tomorrow. <laughs> well, how do you deal with that? Cause I know you've been subbing for a bunch of people and you've been taking on new classes yeah, yeah. lately. How have you responded to that? Um, mostly I don't respond immediately. So I at least take a day or two or a week. (laughs) And I even had somebody ask me, I'm teaching a kid's yoga class right now. And it's the session is ending. They're about to start a spring session. And um, the lady who runs it messaged me and asked, you know, do you want to teach this class again? We're also having another class on this day. And really it's about taking or setting my boundary and sticking to it and knowing that it's okay to ask for time. So in that example, I just said, let me feel into it and I'll get back to you by the end of the week. And that gives me time to at least feel into it and go back and forth and let all of the thoughts come in and make a decision that feels good at the end of the day. Um, if it's something that I need to decide really, really soon, I most likely talk it out with someone. So whether it's like you and our girl gang group or my husband or something, like I just need to hear myself talk about it and then I'll usually know. What is, what does it feel like to know? Hmm. 
it feels a little scary, but calm. Hmm. Yeah. Um, like my stomach isn't, isn't, you know, clenching or like, I don't feel nauseous or anything, but I do feel like a little bit, of, it's scary depending on the decision. I mean, if it's like what to eat for dinner, that's not very scary, but, um, anything that's bigger, it's like, okay, but I trust this. It, it's a feeling of trust of knowing. This is why I feel like you guys just hold so much wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think this is actually a really good example of why I think it's so valuable to know and understand other people's designs. Cause when I asked you, I had already mentioned that I wanted to do this with you, but then yeah. when I asked you, you <laughs> took like, I don't know, like a week or something to write back to me and be like, I'm thinking about this. And yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. There, you know, I know you're, I know, <laughs> I know this might take a lunar cycle. <laughs> yeah. And I love, like, it fires me up seeing that you're living your design. Mm-hmm. If you were trying instantly, I would have been like, what? Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even uh, my other coaching friend has asked me uh, to work with her on something. And I never responded to her. I just realized, which I feel like kind of an asshole, but it's okay. Uh, and she asked me the other day, she's like, hey, I don't know if you want to do this or not. I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I totally forgot to respond to you. And she she said, it's okay. I know you take a little while, but I trust that you'll get back to me. And that felt really good and really validating to have her honor me in that way and be like, it's okay that you're not responding immediately. Like I get you and I trust you. So I I can't imagine what it would be like to be a reflector living in like a corporate environment. Awful. Yeah. (laughs) been there done that awful (laughs) it wasn't even really corporate it was government which is probably even worse yeah yeah as a former government employee yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) um so okay wait a couple other questions that just came up the last 30 seconds yeah Um, so you're when when reflectors are in alignment you're supposed to feel surprised. <laughs> I'm a little jealous about that. <laughs> what does that mean to you? At first, when I first learned about it, I didn't understand. <laughs> I thought to myself, how, how am I just going to be surprised all the time? That just seems silly. <laughs> but after knowing about it and living it for a couple of years, I see it so much. And for me, it means a lot of allowance, a lot of trust, and then I'm just surprised. It's it's so it's so weird, but um it's Letting go of expectations for me is, I think, what it comes down to because expectations always, not always, but for the most part, lead me to disappointment, which is unalignment (laughs) for reflectors. And 
a good example I can think of is uh, my friend and I put together this event. Uh, it's a it was a huga event if you know what huga is, and we had some vendors and some people come and it wasn't very huge. We didn't market it very well. I didn't want to go. So that night I was like, I just, I don't want to go. I really, I don't want to go to this. Like I did a terrible job marketing it. I feel like it's just going to bomb. What are people going to think of me? Um, all of that, you know, stuff. And I was like, you know what? I committed to it. I'm going to go. I'm just going to drop the expectations. I'm just going to have fun with it and see where it leads. So I went, we did the event. There were maybe like, I don't know, 15 ish people there. Well, I had brought my Oracle cards and I started doing readings for people just for fun. Like there was no other purpose. They didn't pay me anything like that. And people were lining up, like waiting their turn. And at the end of the night, I felt just so alive and so connected. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? Like, it was total surprise. I went in expecting nothing. I didn't want to go. And at the end of the night, it was one of the best nights. And it's little things like that. Um, It's just unexpected moments when I feel myself in the flow, when I feel myself just giving, when I feel myself really just being myself without any intention of getting something in return or uh, impressing someone or having this certain outcome, that is when I feel the most in alignment. Mm. Yeah. Like even on vacation, when I talked about getting in the pool and getting lost in these ripples moving across stillness of water. And I had this like profound moment of needing nothing else except for these ripples in water. Like I did not get into the pool expecting that at all. Um, it's little surprises and it's big surprises and it's allowing myself to be surprised. Mm. Yeah. It's not something I have to force to happen. I'm just thinking, <laughs> I'm just pondering that, that brilliant. <laughs> um, I think that's what a lot of us do, though. I think we try to force an outcome. We try to force anything. Like, we just try to force life to happen to us. Yeah, I think there's, like, a a simple example that I think we can all relate to is if you post something on social media Mm -hmm. and then you just keep going back to look, see, do people like it? Do people comment on it? Do people see it? Mm -hmm. Oh, I try and, like, post something and then throw my phone away for a little while mm-hmm. okay now yeah. i gotta go play and then forget that i even posted that and yeah. it'll all take care of itself and we're all guilty of that of expectations and and whatnot i mean i'm still guilty i'm not gonna be on here like oh, i've had these profound moments and now i'm just all of the time surprised no <laughs> i still experience a lot of disappointment as well it's a human condition um but at the end of the day I think it's what it comes down to is letting life lead you instead of trying to lead it almost think of like a horse like you try really hard to like pull it one way but if it's like a wild horse it just does whatever it wants and like if you stop resisting you're gonna have the ride of your life 
But if you keep trying to like redirect and redirect, your muscles are going to get sore and you're going to tired and exhausted and it's not going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Back to what you were saying with your decision-making, like when you just feel pulled to something, mm-hmm. that's, that's the magnetism. That's the magic. Yeah. With, and then with my open everything, <laughs> really everything. <laughs> Um, it is, uh, it is a struggle for me to not have to explain it to myself because it's like, well, why? Yeah. Why am I being pulled to this? Or is this the right time? Or, you know, what are all the stipulations of this? And what will I be giving up and what will I be gaining? And it's all of these things that I just want answers to. Um, and it's taking a step back and being like, it's okay. It's okay. If you don't have answers, you can actually just follow a pool and trust that it's going to lead you where you need to go. Mm. Yeah. Again, I feel like you guys, like I'm, I'm learning slash remembering so much mm-hmm. as you talk right now. And we talk pretty frequently, but as I'm just like, Oh yes, the trust. Cause the trust, if we can just embody the patience and the trust mm-hmm. that, well, that you're talking about right now, like, so those of us who are like MGs or generators, we're just supposed to wait to respond. Like my sacral speaks up when it's ready, which is sometimes it feels like a lunar cycle and it probably yeah. is. But I think if we have the patience, mm-hmm. we've all tried on waiting a lunar cycle to make decisions, to have that patience, to give ourselves yeah. that space. Oh, that feels so good to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And patience, it just ties back into trusting that it will come and it'll happen. Like trust your flow. Mm -hmm. When I think of projectors and generators and all that, like it's not forcing, like projectors don't need to go out and make themselves known. They don't need to force an invitation from someone like just trust and be patient. The invitation will come when it's ready to come Mm -hmm. and you just have to be yourself because you'll attract that. Exactly. And then generators, it's like, well, trust your gut, like really trust your gut. Mm-hmm. Like trust that yes, trust that no, whatever it is, and be patient with it, especially if you're emotional, <laughs> emotional yeah. authority, like ride the wave. And I think it's really hard for people to trust their gut as a generator because sometimes the gut or that pool or whatever you want to call it, it doesn't fit with the norm of society or doesn't make sense in this moment right now to your mind but that's where it all comes in like even if it doesn't make sense now even if like you take the leap and you fumble for a little bit you it's the comes back to the patience like it will work itself out one thousand percent uh yeah and this is all an experiment absolutely Human design experiment. You get mm-hmm. to try. I mean, you're in your three line still as yeah. a, a six-two. You're in the try it, mm-hmm. fail, try, fail, try, fail, try, fail. The learning out loud phase. Yeah, absolutely. I actually had a thought yesterday. Maybe it might have been after our call when I was making lunch or something. But I had this thought of 
who cares if we fail? Like there's always been a pressure for me to know, know my purpose and like know what I'm supposed to do in this world and know this and know that. And like, if, if you believe in, you know, reincarnation, uh, soul lives, all of that, that you live beyond this human lifetime, I just had this thought of, well, what if like this whole lifetime is my trial and error period? And what if I never, what if I never know my purpose in this lifetime and my soul doesn't know its purpose until three lifetimes later? But can I trust that what I do now is going to lead to something? Or maybe it never leads to something. And can I be okay with that? Yes. So this is reflector wisdom. I love <laughs> I also feel like the the word not necessarily the word fail or failure, but like I don't I've tried a billion things in my life, but I don't think I can identify I as anything as a failure. Cause it's yeah. just like, oh, well, yeah, that didn't feel right. Or oh yeah, well that happened. Yeah. But there's nothing that I'm like, oh yeah, that was a big failure. And that's not because I haven't quote unquote failed. It's just, sure. I don't see these as like big dramatic gut wrenches. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We often make it that way. I mean, the whole past year I made my life that way. So <laughs> um, I finally feel like I'm stepping out of that and it feels good to speak to that six line and these, these phases that we go through, if you have a six in your profile, uh, I really am feeling that like so much trial and error has happened even just in the past two years. Like I can't believe that at this point, two years ago, I was still working in my full-time government job. I, it feels like a completely different lifetime, literally feels like so long ago. Um, thank you. Facebook memories for giving me a timeline. (laughs) But, but truly, I, it's interesting, because they say that, you know, book wise, I guess human design on paper is around 30 years old is when you kind of step out of that third line a little bit. And then you're in this new, new phase of life. And I feel that happening, which is also right around your Saturn return, if you're into astrology at all. Um, I feel that happening to me right now. It's like this all of these epiphanies and things that are just like, Oh my God, I've trialed and aired all of this. And it just doesn't have to be that hard. Like look at all these things that I've learned and now I can put them into action or now I can really process them and, and integrate them into my life. And when I learned about human design, you know, two years ago, I thought I had to force the trial and error <laughs> in a sense, like, Oh, this is my trial and error time. I need to try all these things, but no, I've just naturally done that. And it's fa- it's really fascinating to me to be able to look and be like, oh, I see. I see how this is happening. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited for what happens next. I, you know, my trial and error time didn't end at 30. <laughs> I mean, mine probably won't either, but <laughs> it feels like a lighter trial and error than it was. Previously. Mm. Mm -hmm. And we can have trial and error around certain aspects of our lives as a four or six. I think a lot of my early trial and error was around relationships. Mm, Yeah. And then I got less interested in everyone liking me. (laughs) 
<laughs> Still working on that. Yeah. I'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. It's, I, it's the Leo in me, I feel like, that really wants to be liked. Well, the Libra in me, of course, still wants everyone to be madly in love with me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, okay. So what else? Let's talk more about what's your understanding of being a 6'2". And I'll share, like, I think of it as you are striving to become the exemplary human that your kid self wanted mm-hmm. existed. Yeah. Um, hmm. it's for me, I experience it as this play between one, yes, wanting to be this exemplary human, wanting to be out in the world and really, really, truly a leader in a lot of ways. Um, I even have had visions before of speaking on large stages and you know, leading these retreats and all of this stuff where I'm just, I'm in front of people and I'm getting to be that person. And at the same time with my two profile, there's, I so connect to my hermit side more, more than my leader side. Um, my hermit feels safe, very, it's my safe zone. Uh, it relates back to all of the, the moments where I just need to be by myself. I, will sometimes actually hermit for like a month or more. I felt like last year was a year of hermiting, quite honestly. Um, You know, we've talked. There were moments where I wanted to crawl in a hole and never return. There were moments that I didn't want to be on this earth anymore because I didn't feel like I belonged here. And it's been a lot of processing with my hermit side, I also see it show through in the talent area. So when you ask like, what are you good at? Or what are your strengths? What are your talents? I, I don't genuinely, I'm not saying this to be humble in any way, shape or form. Like I don't feel talented. Well, that makes sense because people don't like, you can't even, can you even see yourself? Can you even see like the wisdom? Because you're, you're like the center. I I mean, no. I think you guys just go balls. Yeah, you're the center of the party, and just like dropping wisdom bomb after wisdom bomb that you're embodying from everyone around you. Mm-hmm. No one even earlier count that as a talent. They're yeah. more like, can you play an instrument? Right. But even yeah, the hermit is all about having these natural talents that the hermit themselves can't see because it's so innate and natural Mm -hmm. but others can see easily and I see that popping up so much so much (laughs) and it's one of my biggest struggles to try to understand it at the same time knowing that I probably will never understand it um even earlier when you said oh these are the wisdom bombs that reflectors have like to me that's just a it's just a question that I'm asking no. It doesn't feel like a wisdom mom. It feels like just something I'm pondering. Uh, and so if as a reflector in business, I, I really have like, how do I speak about myself? Because I feel so normal. I just feel like everyone else. And what do I teach? Because a lot of the 
advice. So for anyone who's in business as a reflector is listening and might relate, but I feel like the things that are taught right now are, you know, pick your skill set and then you teach that. Or you look at your journey. What are the things that you have done to get to this point? And then you teach people how to get to where you teach people those steps. And that has never resonated with me because you can ask me right now, okay, well, how did you get here? You know, how did you get to this? I don't, I don't even feel like enlightened or I don't feel like high consciousness. Like I just feel like this is me, but I know that I've changed over the years. And if you ask me how I did that, I I truly cannot tell you. I'm like, oh, well, I decided to join a coaching program and I don't know, here I am. <laughs> like, I don't know what steps I took. I guess what they told me to. It just doesn't feel like something I am able to explain to even myself. That resonates with me so deeply. I think it's, again, the, like, um, you're your guys's I hate that expression <laughs> yeah, <laughs> reflectors anti boxes and labels because the labeling it would put it in all these different stages like step one mm-hmm. step two step three yeah and, uh, just the way you did it isn't going to be the way anyone else did it and why does it matter how you did it because now you're here and here is where you right. are yeah I very much made the shift slash am making currently the shift into this very non-sequential, non-teachery place in my life where I don't want to teach anymore I at all. I don't want to give you the answers I want you to experience them. And I don't know what that means, (laughs) to be honest, but I'm feeling very much into sensory stuff and getting lost in your senses and your sensation and again, tapping into yourself. You mentioned earlier, emptying out practices, things like that. Like I want that for everyone and I want everyone to experience their life fully not in a mental experiential way but in like walking down the street do you really feel the wind as it moves through your fingertips and like what does that invoke in you just the littlest simplest things that we we don't think about and we don't pay attention to like the way that your clothes feel on your skin truly. And do you enjoy that? Did you choose this outfit to impress somebody or do you choose it because it like makes you melt? And I don't know what that looks like. We've kind of talked about this before, but um, that's where I'm moving. That's the direction I'm moving into and the things that I want to create. And um, yeah. It doesn't feel traditional. It feels, this might be a weird adjective to use, but it's what comes up so strongly for me. It feels delicious. Yes. Oh, yes. 
which is what I want. Like I am a hundred percent in what you're talking about is knowing what's real Mm -hmm. and releasing all the shit that's not real. Yeah. Yeah. We have so much conditioning and in the, in the experiment of human design, it is really deconditioning and learning how you actually work and trusting it because it's going to be different. Mm-hmm. Um, even as a reflector, like my chart is vastly different than other reflectors charts on so many levels. So it's connecting to, it's really not comparing yourself. It comes back to trusting yourself and trusting to yourself to move forward in that and like really listen, really listen to everything. Our body knows, our soul knows. Can we just pay attention? I feel like you've got an invitation in you to invite us all to be reflectors. Mm -hmm. And I think it's beautiful. Yeah. I do. Like, go look at yourself in the mirror and just look. And what do you see? Like, touch. I feel so weird saying this. And I've said it, like, once or twice in a a yoga class that I've taught. But I'm like, run your hands along your body. Like, just touch your body. And I don't mean that in, like, a sexual way, like, you know, co-masturbate. I mean, if that's where it takes you, then great. But, like, have you ever just touched yourself and noticed, like, the pressure of something, how it feels different than, like, a lighter versus a hard pressure? And, like, what does it invoke in you to just run run your hand up and down your arm and close your eyes and literally just feel it? I, when we talk about self-love to me, like that is self-love, like learning to love yourself, the sensations, the, um, reactions, the thoughts, the feelings, like all of it together. It's less of, you don't even have to love it. It's acceptance. Mm. It just is. It just is. is. Can you be here? Yeah. What one of the things I kept thinking as you were talking about that is what does skin feel like? Like we can describe right. when you have a dog, right? You can feel the fur and you can describe the fur like in some places mm-hmm. her coarse and some places it's super soft. Like you pet a snake, you can describe it as scaly. You yeah. pet human skin, what does that feel like? Yeah. Is it cold? Is it warm? Is it soft? Is it smooth? Is it a little bit rough or callousy? Like, mm, I just, it gets me so excited to, to think of that. And it's simple. It's like, we all can do it. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care where you live. Like you can live outside on the street and you can still experience bliss in that simple sensation. Mm. It doesn't have to be complicated, which is another thing I'm moving into is this idea of simplicity. Yeah. What does that mean for you? What is, and this is also something we share hugely. Mm-hmm. Um, we complicate a lot of things. Like 
and I have too for so long as you know you have to move up in your job and you have to get lots of money and you have to have these certain things and um I mean we can even bring in like feng shui and uh, our house has to be a certain way and like certain colors and it's just like oh my god when are we gonna get there (laughs) like like at what point do you have everything that you need uh actually one of my mentors, Stacy Hartman, really kind of brought this to mind of the idea that all of these things that we're searching for, we already have. Like you're searching for freedom and you're searching for happiness and like you have that. You have that right here in this moment. You're just not allowing yourself to open and see it. Mm -hmm. And that just blew my mind, blew my mind. But I see it now. It's not this complicated thing that you need to put together and figure out it's simple. You just open to it and it's there. So, you know, if you're in a terrible mood or something, you're like, Oh, to shift my mood, I have to, I don't know, do all these breathing exercises and I have to shift my energy and change my thoughts and write out all my thoughts and then rework them. And like, Oh, Oh my gosh, no. Go outside, let the wind blow on your face. There it is. Yes. I remember um, this was Olympic trials for swimming. So I don't know, maybe it was four years ago. Maybe it was eight years ago, but this guy made, um, he made the Olympic team, which in swimming is Mm -hmm. two people in each event. And the interviewer asked him, so what switched between trials and finals? And he was like, I made the decision. And they're like, wait, what? I made the decision made the decision that I was going to win. Boom. Yeah. We don't have to overcomplicate it. Just, yeah. just it, like in terms of switching your mindset, just, just switch it. Of course, mm-hmm. there's all this work we can do. There's yeah. all of this coaching, all this meditation, all of this stuff. There's a lot of behind the scenes work. And yeah. it's also super simple. Everything. Yes. Uh, for a very long time, I chased money. Um, took a promotion, was super unhappy. Then I ended up quitting like a month later and here I am. But I had this fear of, well, I'm not going to be happy until I do all of these things, like pay off my debt and make more money and blah, blah, blah. Um, I can tell you that's not true. (laughs) Granted, I will uh, say that I am privileged enough to have a husband that supports me and everything I do. Um, But at the end of the day, I'm so much happier teaching yoga all day every day and making less money than I've probably made since I started working (laughs) because of these little things like it doesn't have to be complicated and your environment matters yes I mean it does for all of us but don't look at my environment because it's a mess I mean, there are always things that we can change and always things that we can work on and always things that we desire. Um, But in that, even if you desire something, you can still be happy where you are. It's not a need. That's not a need for me to have new a wall color or a need for me to have a bed frame 
Like that's not a need, it's a desire. And I can still appreciate my bedroom right now. And I can appreciate the coolness of the air and I can appreciate the sound of the cars driving by and I can see the rain flying off of their tires. And like nature made that. Like the clouds held water until they didn't want to hold it anymore and they released it. And that's fascinating. And that's, that's beauty. Like that is straight up beauty as much as I'm sick of this rain. <laughs> it, it's, it's beauty. And it's little moments like that, that I'm tapping into more and more. And I want to be very clear. I feel like I sound very happy, happy and very blissful right now. And like, I have it all figured out. <laughs> I want to be very clear that if you talk to me next week, I could be totally different in a totally different place. And I still have the ability to connect to this at any point in time. And I know that, and I can choose that. Mm. So yeah, even if I'm super upset or sad or I don't know, experiencing anger, whatever it might be. I'm not an angry person. I feel like that's the, probably the emotion that I experienced the least, actually. <laughs> but I can experience all of that and still feel the freedom and the abundance and the beauty that exists around me. They don't have to be mutually exclusive. I don't have to be happy to experience those things. And when you open yourself up to experience in the beauty, does it bring you back to center? Yeah. It, it shifts. It's a small shift and maybe it's not going to completely shift me out of emotion, but, but it's a reminder that it's going to be okay. Like just keep going, especially for me, like tomorrow will be, could be vastly different <laughs> for no other reason than the sun and the moon moved. <laughs> and they're moving right now. So an hour from now could be totally different too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I still get triggered. And as I said earlier, I'm human. You're human. Can you accept that you are human? Mm-hmm. And can you revel in your humanness, the world that surrounds you. Can you feel it and experience it and just let it move you? I feel like that's a pretty good place to end this. (laughs) I'm totally fine with that. So how can people connect with you? Mm. They want to know Uh about you and your work and and what you're thinking about and how you do things Mm -hmm. yeah um I would say the best way is gosh I don't even know because I'm so disconnected from social media and whatnot right now but you can follow me I do have an Instagram it's wildfire love coaching 
one word. I have zero posts because I recently decided to delete them all, but I am on stories occasionally. Um, you can also email me at Brooke with an E. So B-R-O-O-K-E at wildfirelove.com, which is my website, Wildfire Love. Again, hasn't been updated in a very long time. <laughs> um, but yeah, Facebook is the same as Instagram. Feel free to reach out via DM, Messenger. I love one-on-one -on -one connections. Love it. Love it, love it. If you're in the Columbus, Ohio area, uh, happy to meet up, get coffee, have lunch at North Star. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Anywhere, really. I love food. Um, those are probably the best ways. You're classes, too, right? Yes. If you're in Columbus, uh, come check me out at Go Yoga. I teach 11 classes a week. So lots of... And mostly slow flow, deep stretch classes for yoga. So, again, moving slow. <laughs> it's my jam. <laughs> I love it. I adore you, Brooke. Thank you. I adore you. I'm so glad we met randomly. Not we really randomly, but... <laughs> it was random. It was perfect. It was wonderful. And there you have it, pure reflector brilliance. Did you catch the fact that Brooke is the person who introduced me to human design? So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Brooke, for sending me, inviting me, um, exposing me to this rabbit hole of sparkly awesomeness that I am madly in love with. Okay, you guys, if you liked that episode, please shout out to Brooke on social media. Please shout out to me. I'm Kelsey Abbott, CPC on Instagram. Please share this episode with everyone you know. And please go back and listen to the other episodes in the series if you haven't already. Remember, we've got an MG in Lisa Wade Berry, a manifester in Shirley Harvey, a projector, Meg Haynes, another projector, Angela Johnson. And this episode was with a reflector, Brooke Cover. Got one more for you in this little mini series, but I don't think this is the end of it. Please go forth and be awesome. And please remember who you are. And please be love. And please be you. And if you're so inspired amongst all of that being and doing and sparkling and trying, shining to financially support the Find Your Awesome podcast, you can do it at patreon.com slash Kelsey Abbott. Thank you, thank you, thank you.